Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast yeah. Well, welcome to the Keith Walsh Podcast My name is Keith Walsh, uh, obviously And uh, it's been a while It's been a while since I had a guest on um, But uh, it's I'm delighted I do have this guest on because um, we spoke before on this very podcast and we had a great chat. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I often think about him and I wonder how he's getting on. So I'm going to find out how he's getting on and you're going to find out how he's getting on. Uh, His name is John Connell. He's the author of The Running Book, The Cow Book, a number one bestseller and winner of popular nonfiction book of the year at the Irish Book Awards. Um, He's an award winning investigative journalist, documentary producer and weekly columnist with the Irish Independent. He lives in County Longford. I just read that from the inside of your book there. Very good. So that was very handy for me. <laughs> I was, uh, John, I was going to write an intro. and I thought, I'll have a look at the book and see what it says there. So um, when the work is done already, why would I do it again? Exactly. Save yourself some time. John, just a couple of Longford heads chatting I together. Know, I remember you're a Longford man as well. So Lanesboro, and right? Lanesboro, but born in Edwardstown, as in like literally the the nuns uh, helped my mother get me out of her in Edwardstown. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're, you're rooted here. I was born in Westmead, so um, in the hospital. So you're even you're even more Longford than me. Yeah. You, 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 you're, you were sent, your mother was sent to Westmead then. Yeah, there's no hospital in Longford, so that was the nearest one. So um, that was yeah. the story, yeah. Obviously, back in the day, I'm a bit older than you, so obviously 1973, you went to the... I don't... I, I should really find out. I mean, I'm intrigued by the type of work you do and obviously this book as well, but I often... And I think lots of men like have these thoughts and I'd love to go back to that place in Edgerstown. And I often drive through Edgerstown and it wouldn't take that long. It's not a big journey. Like I could just take a right instead of going straight on for the West, you know? Yeah. Um, but I often think about what, what was that place I was born in? What was going on there? Why were the nuns, I suppose the, a bunch of midwives give, in the middle of Edgerstown given, you know, helping women have babies. It's mad. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Should do uh, the trip. I should do the trip. I should take that right sometime instead of heading out west. Uh, I'm actually going to Sligo tonight to climb Ben Bulban. Oh, wow. I have never climbed Ben Bulban. I've always wanted to, but it's quite hard to get a route to go up. Yeah, I I don't know what level of climbing and what level of walking it will be. Do you know much about it? 
Well, there's a sheer cliff face at the front of it, so you're not going up that way unless you're a professional climber. So it must be from the back end from Leitrim. So I presume uh, I'm coming from the far side, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'll be a beautiful experience. Um, how have you been? How is how is everything? Be- I mean, I'm I'm obviously learning a bit from your book, but uh, t- yeah. tell me yourself since I'm, we spoke last. I'm good. So I suppose we spoke two years ago. Uh, we were in the middle of. Um, the pandemic uh we seem to have emerged out of that sphere of it anyway um i'm here in longford uh yeah went on this canoe trip and um which was amazing and uh i am just finished the next book and i'm off to spain to research another one uh in june so i'm busy but uh in a good way and uh it's been a it's been a really transformative experience um, uh, coming through COVID. I suppose maybe it has been for everyone, but it just made me slow down a bit more and realize there's more to life than, um, uh, you know, trips to Dublin and uh, or going to cities or whatever. And it made me kind of appreciate uh, the little parish I'm in and uh, the rural world. So it's been really good. And... I mean, we kind of, I suppose, I think myself and yourself possibly were maybe prepared for lockdown in a way, like because you'd already started a sort of a journey of slowing down from where you were, from anybody that didn't hear the last interview. Yeah. Um, so the journey, so you're sort of like... Uh, I'm Mr. Re- slow now. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> you were slow, yeah. you'd slow down then, you really yeah. slow down now. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it was, I suppose um, it was fascinating. I was in... America in uh, January and February in 2020, working on a project about migrant farm workers. And I'd been traveling all through the Southern states in the US from like Florida to Texas to California, Arizona, places like that. And uh, I came home for a month and I was planning, well, the plan was to come home for a month and then go to Brazil to the rainforest to look at um, beef farms there. And uh, all of that was put to one side. And uh, I found myself living in a 200-year-old cottage in Balnamuk. And uh, my wife decamped from Dublin and was working remotely. And uh, yeah, we just got into this little space where... We'd go and look at the sheep, go for a walk, do our work and lived a really simple, quiet life. And uh, as thousands of other people, mil- millions of other people did around the world. And uh, I was never more glad to be living in rural Ireland because you could go for a walk and not meet anyone. And that was a good thing. Uh, uh, it was a really, um, you know, I, I am conscious that it was a terrible thing for people as well, like frontline workers and uh, medical people. And of course, the people who got sick and died, uh, you know, COVID wasn't all uh, sweetness and light. It was a terrible human health disaster, a pandemic. But uh, but there was it, there was positive things, too. And I think things that um, um, made us slow down just a little bit. Um, and I suppose in a way, I'm trying to keep that slowness going uh even though life's getting busy again yeah it's, there's a certain amount of stress involved in um i work in i work for a company now called think house uh, as a creative director so i write a lot of copy and um but there's there's the there's the draw back into the office which mm. 
you know, there's no real pressure being put on me. Uh, there's almost like, um, yeah, it's just it's it, it's just you know, I'm being drawn back in, and I'm sort of like, well, I'll, I'll work I'll work a couple of days in in town and work from home the other days, and but there's a pressure with that, like there's an anxiety with it. It's like I don't want, as you said, it was a terrible time for lots of people, but. I was going through and for my family and for my kids, my daughter was just about to go to university. My son was, you know, uh, 11, 12, 13. Um, and it just felt like this was a great, like we, this is our last chance almost to just hang out as a family with no interference or nobody going off or nobody doing anything. And it was great. And I, you know, you just, I didn't want it to end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It was, um, and then, you know, in 2020 that when it started, there was that unseasonably good period of good weather. Mm. Um, and, uh, I remember actually going for a run one day and, uh, coming across a nest of bees by the road and just hearing them buzz. And I said to myself, you've been here all along, but I've been too busy to notice your buzzing, you know? And, uh, so I, I really started to pay attention to nature more and, and life more. And uh, yeah, but, you know, the modern world is such a thing that we're busy again and you have to go here, there and everywhere. And uh, it's, um, yeah, that it seems like it feels like that time has has um, has ended in some sense, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. And, and, and there's a there's a I'm not saying it's not that I'm I'm I'm. Uh, in mourning for it but you know there's a period of transition but at the same time for me uh, you know I need to now fully immerse myself in the next adventure kind of you know whatever that yeah. entails and and however that however, however that looks you know totally um are you still running yes yeah yeah was out for a run yesterday uh haven't got out today but I I will get out uh after this um yeah still loving it um it's was kind of, you know, there was no gym in lockdown. So uh got some weights uh, from a friend and I would run and train and it's been, um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, I, 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 it was a way to, um, it was a way to get a break from everything, you know, mm. and, uh, and running for me, you know, as we talked before, it's more than just putting your feet on the, on the pavement. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's cathartic, you know. And as a writer, and I've heard other people talking about it, running and and walking or whatever, you know, but mm. out for long walks, it helps to sort of filter stuff in your head, and you can come back with the with everything. So, oh, I've I've figured that out now. What I yeah. the bit I couldn't figure out. Totally, it 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 it, uh, it gives you a bit of distance, like you know, and, and and writing is such an immobile life. You're sitting there for hours on end. On in my case, I write on a sofa. I've I've wrote all my books sitting on a sofa, uh, so I don't have an office per se. I just have a space in the house where. I chill out and write and put my feet up. So I'm, I'm immobile for a few hours every day. So getting out, whether it's on the farm or um, whether it's going for a run is it just, it wakes me up and, and yeah, it gives me space to think about everything. And then, you know, sometimes Keith, I actually don't think about the writing at all. I just listen to music or a podcast and uh, just tune it all out and come back the next day refreshed, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my thing as well as listening to stuff. Um, so the book, the reason we're chatting is the book, uh, the stream of everything is out now, um, and it's a brilliant book. Uh, I love it. I just love the pace of it. Um, I just, it's like it's it almost reflects the time we were living in, doesn't it? Like, I mean, what we were just talking about. Yeah, it was weird. Like, I remember um, at the start of the pandemic, the it must have been the arts minister said 
the books of the pandemic are being wrote now. And, uh, and uh, I suppose I'm not saying this is the book. It's one of the books of the pandemic, you know, and uh, of that time. And it, it's, it's actually a project that start, started 10 years ago. I was on uh, Sydney Harbour kayaking and I nearly drowned. And I said, I made a little promise to God. I said, if you get me out of this, like I'll, I'll make a little trip down the Camelon. Uh, which, if people don't know, is the main river in County Longford and it flows into the Shannon. And uh, the timing was just right. Peter was home. Um, uh, my friend Peter Gagan, he's he's a journalist and uh, he was home from Scotland. And I just suggested it to him. And it was kind of, I'd had the idea for probably a year. Uh, and I, I, to be honest, Keith, I probably never would have done it only for the fact that we had this time uh, to 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 kill in a sense, and uh, I can honestly say it was one of the best trips I've ever had in my whole life. It was amazing, and I've been in Mexico and the Australian outback and um, Midwest America, loads of places. But this was like right on my doorstep, and I never knew that that world existed. Mm. Um, and it's it's very fu- it's it's very, very funny. A friend of mine called Peter. Uh, yeah. And we like during lockdown, we used to go for walks and and more recently we did a walk called um, St. Kevin's Way where you walk. Oh, uh, yes. It's, it's in Wicklow. So, you, yes, you, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. You walk from Hollywood and Wicklow uh, to Glendalough, basically. Yeah. Um, and it takes it's a long walk. Yeah, it's a long walk. And we, we camped overnight by the river. Oh, beautiful. Um, and uh, I did it with Peter and he, his brother came along as well. And we were, we were, we were like, oh, we have to do that again. But uh, but he he also bought a couple of kayaks and he was at me to like, oh, we should do we should do something. Uh, we, I suppose there's the canals in, in around Newbridge and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and we used to talk about it. And I was like, yeah, because you see it like you see a different world, like a di- the world from the river is like like you've, you don't know what it's like, from the, like no. the roads from the rail, like. I was on the train yesterday. I was going, why do houses, you know, the backs of houses are onto the railway and they throw their mattresses over the back wall. And I'm like, like the people on the train are going to see that. Like they really, mm-hmm. really need to tidy up the view from the rail, from, yeah. from the train here, you know? Um, but the, but the view on a boat, uh, from a boat on the river is, I mean, you're, it, you're below, yeah, you're below the earth. Like a river naturally runs lower than the ground around it. So unless it's winter and it's flooding, obviously, but naturally, uh, normally without floods, it's below the river. Yeah, it was something Peter said to me early on. And uh, he said, you know, 10 minutes feels like an hour and an hour feels like 10 minutes. Like you're, you're on river time and you're also uh, on a canoe going about two or three miles an hour. So you're going very slowly even though it seems quick, uh, time as a concept was above ground and we were below it. It was a really, um, and you know, in the book, I talk a lot about the nature of time that there's f- th- theoretical physics say that the past and present is happening at the same time now. Um, and uh, events that have happened in the past might be happening at the same time in physics in uh, as the actions you're going to take in the future. And in a sense, um, you know, when I was writing that, it, it made sense in the river because we were, we were past time. We were in a different world. And, uh, you know, in a few interviews, I've said this, but the rivers are the last wildernesses of Ireland because 
you know, you were you were hill walking in in in, uh, in Wicklow, but I'm sure you came across sheep or other people, or you know, there was the hand of man was somewhere. But a river, bar there's a a dam or or a bridge, uh, we largely leave them alone. And you know, we met a few people along the way, but they were fishing; they weren't intruding into the river and trying to bend it to their own will. So everything is kind of wild and the way it's supposed to be. And uh, I remember at one point seeing these swans and realizing that, you know, they were wild creatures and they were looking at us and we were looking at them and they were allowing us into their world. And uh, we actually were, um, we were welcomed, but we were, we were not of that world. It, it went on, the river goes on on its own natural journey without us at all. And in a sense, you know, the world stopped in 2020, but the rivers and the seas kept flowing and and, and lapping and waving. You know, um, mm. nature didn't nature didn't care about the pandemic. Nature didn't stop. And like the bees, I suppose it's only when it's we like tune. the bees. It's only when we tune in. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. only when we tune in that we realize uh, this whole other universe that's going on all the time. And uh, and I think that's the thing I'm trying to hold on to. Like I've I've just spent the last few weeks lambing uh, some sheep that I bought. And, uh, you know, I was trying to just stay in tune with life and nature that way. And uh, um, trying to keep the the Camino of the river going, you know? Yeah. What do you think our relationship as a, as a nation with, with rivers is? Like, I mean, I just sometimes I think, um, and you're a farmer, so you might you, you might mm. relate or you might, but yeah, sometimes I think that we and maybe there's certain places or certain people or types of people, and and definitely like not, farmers aren't like all the same people, you know. Mm. There's different types of farmers and different mentalities and all that. But sometimes I think in Ireland, um, you know, whether it's construction or farming, whatever, we 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 see the rivers, and we used to it's changed. We used to see them as dumping areas, you know, or just uh, you know something to throw your throw your stuff into after you're doing whatever job you're doing, you know, like, like, like that it's not respected as, as the way you speak about it, you know? Yeah. I think um, we have a strange, I think as a people, we have a strange relationship with water in general, even though we live on an Island. Um, we, we are, you know, I, I, there's a bit in the book where I talk about the Aboriginal, the Aboriginal Australian context of the world. They call themselves freshwater people if they live near rivers or saltwater people if they live near the sea. And in a sense, that's what we are. We're saltwater people if we live by the coast. We're freshwater people if we live by the by the rivers and lakes. Um, but in a sense, um, even though we... Yeah, it's fun. It's a, that's a really good question, Keith. I, I, I know people who love the water and go fishing or or hunting on the water or just recreation and then i know people who don't really have anything to do with rivers or water in general they wouldn't even swim they don't even know how to swim um and it's kind of a it's an interesting um space you know we when we were on the river for those two days like we met lots of people we met people from other countries we met families uh and they were all connected to the river in different ways. And I remember meeting one man from Zimbabwe who um, was fishing and he was telling us about a river that he used to live near in Zimbabwe and how he, how he had to leave that country and stuff. And it was really, uh, I could see that the river for him was a memory uh, and an attachment to another time in his life. Whereas you might meet someone who perhaps, you know, uh, lost 
a relative or something to a, an accident in a river, you know, and, and the river becomes a place of, of danger and trepidation. Um, and, you know, even when we were, the river was, a, the, the Camlin was so joyous and gentle, but as we got towards the end, it got deep and there was a bad storm. And uh, then I had a little bit of fear in me and I was like, okay, actually this river has to be respected because it could, it could actually do us damage and mm. uh, because it had been so gentle and inviting before. So yeah, we have a strange relationship with water in this country, um, but hopefully it's getting better. You know, hopefully we, um, there's about, there's over 3000 rivers in Ireland. So you're not far from one at any one time. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Um, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely think I just, I always think Ireland is the perfect size population wise size wise to do everything right like as a country it, it would be so easy for us to you know have the just the right environmental uh yeah. structures and 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 the right respect for things like rivers and the right you know um i just think it, it you know if we if we did things right we're, we're just the right size to yeah kind of it's not manage, too big yeah you know? the population's not too big exactly i agree we could we could enact policies quite quickly you know um and and i mentioned about the the pace of the book and the pace of life at the time, but also, as you said, like the, the pace of the, of the river, you know, it's, it's all in the pacing of the book, you know, it's, there's not a, there's not a huge amount happening, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a a meditative book. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's slow. It's it's meant to be because that was the way the journey was. And then it was rambling and meandering as a river meanders. And uh, I suppose ultimate, like it was such an enjoyable experience to write the book. I used to love getting up to work on it every day. Um, but ulti- but ultimately, it was about slowing you down. And I think, you know, a lot of the reviews have said that if you slow down and enjoy this book, you'll get a lot out of it. But if you're trying to read it quickly, it's not going to be your cup of tea. And um, I think it's about, yeah, just, I think in, in a sense, Keith, it's about me slowing down. Like I've had, you know, over a decade of a very busy life, living in other countries, traveling around the world, working on things. And I'm gradually... Uh, I'm 35 now. I'm just starting to slow down a little bit and kind of take stock of things. And uh, and ultimately, you know, the book was about um, the book was about coming to terms with the past. And I think I needed to slow down in order to do that. And what I mean by that is I was t- trying to deal with you know a failed marriage uh a broken friendship and some mental health problems that had happened years before but things that I had still been thinking about and the river was this perfect vehicle and a friend said it to me at the time don't you know that Jung talked about rivers a lot that there's the subconscious there's the conscious of which is above the water and the subconscious which is below the water and of course the subconscious is much deeper than what's above and um that really hit me. And I was like, you know, you're totally right. And, and it was at that time that I discovered Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher and uh, the guy who invented Taoism or Taoism, however you want to pronounce it. And uh, he had this, he has this saying about a river meeting a big stone and that the river is patient enough to go around the stone and that eventually it'll break through the stone. It doesn't try and push it out of the way, which is which is the normal concept of what we would do. We'd meet a stone, we'd get rid of it, and rather than flowing around it and eventually saying, well, look, 
maybe in a thousand years, the stone, the boulder will be gone, you know, but uh, I kind of, that really hit me. And especially in the last year, as I've been working on the farm and working on other projects, I increasingly think about Lao Tzu and slowing down and saying, well, you know, it doesn't matter how quick the job is. If you slow down and get it done right, that's the most important thing. And um, it's been kind of, uh, yeah, something I think about a lot. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, even personally, like with, with, with things, projects, whatever, when you look at things like that, it allows you the time and the space to let things happen uh, in a more natural way. There's no, you know, there's no, there's no panic. This will get done and you can tip away at something, you know, there's, um, it, there just seems to be, I suppose it goes back to the concept of time. And uh, I, like, there's a lovely bit where you talk about um, the mayfly um, mm. and you know how the length of their lives, but but the but the drama uh, of, of yeah, their lives. One day they only get one day, um, um, which is probably something similar to us. And I well, I, I was going to say and the stars, but like <laughs> compared to the stars, no, I, I, yeah, totally. We're we're like a mayfly in comparison to a star, yeah. Mm. Or um, I remember somebody talking to me once about like uh, the rock, the, the Rockies you talk about that you see mm. will eventually. Uh, dissolve and eventually you know it'll, it, that, that yeah. rock will be gone you know absolutely and i think even thinking thoughts like that you're like okay yeah so this is not you know it's, it's the impermanence it's the yeah. impermanence of it you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it takes the pressure off a little bit i think yeah it's it's well so it's, i've been listening i was listening to an interview with um uh, a harvard professor about uh of, uh, about extraterrestrial objects and he wasn't talking about aliens he was just talking about comets and asteroids and things and um and he was saying that you know uh they've been traveling for they could have been traveling for a hundred thousand years you know and what are we but a blink in the eye of of uh of a journey of an asteroid you know um how long has it been been out in space and and um but in our in our you know, we in our race in this world, we we actually, you know, I talk about it in the book. It's about temporal markers and COVID removed temporal markers are like milestones in your life. So a birthday party or a christening or a birth of someone, they're things that you mark out a year for you. And uh, COVID kind of removed all that. And so we were faced with, well, how do I mark my life? And so I'll talk to a lot of people uh, and they say to me that they don't really remember the, the, the lockdowns because nothing happened, but everything happened, but it's just, it was on a different, we were, we were in a different time frame, but some of us were not used to that. Some of us were, but some of us weren't. And so time seemed to drag on forever, you know? Um, and uh, as someone who's like self-employed, I, I, I'm a writer time flows at a different pace for me. You know, it flows maybe in years rather than days or project to project or whatever it is. So it's just kind of, you had to readjust to time and uh, we're getting into like metaphysics here, but stuff, <laughs> I, stuff I don't know much about, but, okay. but uh, it's, yeah, time is, time is neither fast nor slow. It, it, it goes, it, it, in, in fact, there are, Theorists who say that, you know, sometimes time moves quicker than others, you know, it's just, mm. we've put a number on it. But, uh, yeah. but I do think, as you mentioned mental health there, I think, I think that there is that thing of getting caught up in, 
in, as you mentioned, like occasions, like, so it's like, so it's the idea that, well, I'll get to the weekend and then, you know, your, your weeks are, are bookended by getting to the weekend. You know, if say for instance, you, you know, you don't enjoy your job or you see, see mm. get through the week to the weekend, you get through these weeks to the holiday, you get through the, those weeks to the Christmas break, you get, you know, it's all about getting through and getting, you know, and after this and by the, at the weekend, I'll, whatever, I'll, I'll, everything will be better. Or if I get to this point, everything will be better. It's that I, it's it, with the book. It's for me with COVID and the way it's written and the pace of the river and, and, and everything. It's just like, it, it just calm everything down, uh, s- slow down. And it's, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a lesson in life because it's not about getting somewhere, I, even though the journey of, of the, the, the journey you're taking down the rivers, you know, it's, there is, there will be a start and an end to it, but that's not what it's about. It's about just being, you know, just in the moment. Yeah. Um, and people talk about a work-life balance. And I was talking to somebody recently and this is, it's not about a work-life balance. It's about a life balance, mm, you know, and almost that's like very you, clever, yeah. you just have to have uh, every day should be something or every each moment it should be something you know it's not just about getting through these moments to get to a moment do, do you know what i'm yeah. saying you know which, which yeah. really comes across in the book and yeah it is, it is a meditative book and, and and for me reading it it was definitely like i'm going to sit down here now and take a break and meditate in that i'm going to go yeah. and read a chapter you know yeah it's 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 um you know my grandmother uh she's now passed away but she said to my mother just before she died she said that life is a gift that's given to you. You don't ask for it, but it's given to you and you have to make the most of it. And uh, this was, uh, she was days away from dying at the time. And it's something I've thought about a lot, you know, and I, I talk in the book about the, th- the thin ledger of life in the book of life, where we, we mark down the good days uh, and the good experiences, but you're right. We, it should be a life balance, not a work-life balance. There should be a good, and that's how I try and live my life. And I talk about that philosophy to Peter uh, towards the end of the book. I say that um, there is, there should, in my understanding, after my mental health problems, that there should be a, at least one act of self-love a day for yourself, whether it's getting a cup of coffee at the nice cafe you like, or going for a walk by a lake or your favorite place or watching your favorite show. And it's just those um, little moments where you say to yourself, I, I love myself. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I remember being in a space where I didn't know how to love myself and I didn't have a relationship with myself. And a friend uh, said it to me, he said, Oh, it's, it's really easy, John. He said, it's just, it's just being nice to yourself. And I said, and I looked at him like he had two heads. I said, how the hell do you do that? You know, because I've been so programmed to work, 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 get get accolades, get success. There was no part of me that was interested in uh, building a relationship with me. It was all about uh, accruing knowledge and awards. And, um, and, and, and life brought it into me that it's actually about uh, love, uh, self-love. And if you can love yourself and have a relationship with yourself, then you'll be able to have a really positive relationship with other people. Mm, yeah. If you, if you're, you know, and, and, and I think that comes with maturity too, but if you're looking for another person to complete you, you might as well be looking into the face of the abyss because the other person shouldn't complete you. You should complete yourself and they are your company, your partner, your accompaniment, you know, and you help bring out the best in each other. But 
the, the completeness of life. It's a journey all of your life. Uh, I'm not here to say I'm complete. I'm not. But uh, the completeness should come uh, as, a, as an inward journey. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. That, that's, that's it. And it, it, I, I feel like, you know, when we talk, we talk about mental health, like a, a lot of, you know, people struggle with their mental health because of those things, because of, uh, of the inability. Well, first of all, because we don't love ourselves. And it's like the shift in you was from, and, and I had a similar shift. Uh, I wasn't trying to make other people like me. Mm. Uh, and I wasn't trying to show off to other people and say, well, well, when people talk to me, I'll be able to say, I do this and I'm this and I present this show and this is what I am. And that would be impressive to them. It was just more about, well, I just want to impress myself um, and like myself, you know, uh, yeah. and that's the shift, isn't it? You know, for yeah, that, that, yeah. that a lot of people don't see or don't know or don't know. Don't, don't and I think we out. all come to that in our own way. Mm. Uh, but it's the journey we all have to make, you know, maybe it's, we're getting older, Keith, and we're, <laughs> we're more comfortable in ourselves, you know, I don't know, like, but, but I know myself, it was a 10 year journey, you know, and I've wrote three memoirs to understand that journey. And ultimately, as I finished the stream of everything, I realized that, the, that love was the most powerful thing. And, you know, really there were three books about about sadness and, 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 and depression and, and loss. But ultimately I found myself writing about joy and love and happiness uh, at the end, because that's where I was in my life and where I am in my life. But it took the bad to get to the good. And maybe, maybe in a way, if none of that had happened, I'd still, I'd still be that person seeking external validation, but I still would be without having had the relationship with myself. You know, I'd be, I'd probably be in Australia making, you know, TV programs, but not, uh, not knowing who I was, mm. you know, uh, and just, and just, and just getting by, just going, going through the motions, you mm. know, you know, and I like the way, I mean, I love the, I love the, whatever it is about you that I'm going to ask my friend Peter to do. Like, it's a madcap thing, you know, but, uh, (laughs) you know, but but it's the confidence of the person who is comfortable in their own skin to say to their friend, Peter, do you want to do this? uh, Do you want to go down the river in a kayak? Uh, You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the crack, you know, which is lovely. Yeah, it was great. And Peter was, you know, Peter just said, oh, I've never done this before. Why not? You know, and it was and he enjoyed it just as much as me. Like he said to me, this was an amazing trip. And uh, um, and, you know, I had actually attempted to start it on my own and um, it just didn't feel right. And I was in a kayak and it capsized and I was like, this isn't this isn't going to work. And, uh, you know, my wife did say to me, she said it would have been a really boring book if it was by yourself because the friendship is the thing that spurred on the conversation and all the topics we talk about. And uh, it would have been a, it would have been a, lo- a lonely book doing it by yourself. Cause it was also so beautiful that it was so great to have someone to share the experience with and go, I remember we came across a heronry, which is like a, a family of herons. I'd never seen that in my whole life, you know? And like, I can say to Peter, look, actually, do you remember that day when we saw that, you know, and it's, it's, it's shared experience and, and now it's in the book. So other people can, can read about the experience, you know? So it's kind of a, it's, it it was meant to be for more than just me. 
Yeah, totally. Hang on, I just have to let my dog out. He's yeah. scratching at the door. Good boy. I tell you, that dog Charlie could t- teach a thing or two about uh, living in the moment. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, the companionship um, and also that idea that uh, pointing something out to somebody, you know, like, mm. you know, I, I live with three people who have no interest in uh, birds of prey or, you know, uh, raptors or any of that kind of stuff. Yes. But I, anytime we're driving down the motorway, I'm like, there's a buzzer, you know, pointing things out or yeah, yeah. you see that kestrel there and they're all tutting at me. And But um, it's the joy of being with somebody and pointing out something uh, beautiful. But, but even, yeah, it is. Uh, it is, it's, but it's, a, it is a book about companionship as well uh, and friendship. Um, I love the, I love you talking about your dad at the start working on the farm, mm. and that um, you know he's now got into into reading and talking about books and and all that kind of stuff. Um, was that was that is that a different relationship? Is that a, an unexpected relationship that you have with your dad, or was it always there? No, it's a different relationship. We, we, um, you know, the cow book was, um, you know, about me and him so much and our, our arguments and stuff. We don't have arguments anymore. And, uh, um, it, yeah, it did change. And I suppose they saw me as a writer and, uh, they understood that this is what I do for a living. And, uh, and, um, it's been a really, uh, it's been great, you know, and dad, yeah, dad does talk to me with different right. Like he met Donald Ryan at a thing with me and he likes Donald. He does ask me about Donald every so often. He's like, how is Donald getting on? And, you know, it's really, uh, it's really lovely. And uh, um, I suppose I was lucky enough that the books did succeed so that um, uh, he can see that he can see he, he doesn't have to worry about me you know he can say well that's what john does and he makes a living at it so you know it must be okay you know so that's a really positive thing and it's been really it's been really special and then yeah we just i've after spending the last four or five months working with him on the farm and uh i, I as i get older now i realize how much our parents know and uh and i i realized that if I was in Australia, I'd never have had this relationship with him at all, you know? So I've been very lucky to get to spend the time with him on the farm. Mm. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's getting a bit older and a bit wiser, aren't they? Mm. Uh, There was a lovely bit in the book where um, uh, you'd just gone off down uh, in the, in the kayak. Was it a kayak you took? Was it a canoe? Yeah. The Canadian canoe. canoe, Yeah. Um, And, uh, Nearing the bridge now, we can see two figures waiting above, looking down on us. You made it this far, a voice calls. It's my mother. She and my father stand above the river watching us go. Which way to New York, I shout, and we all laugh. I had to see it for myself, she says. Um, and then you talk about it. Have you got the hang of the, the canoe and all that mm. kind of stuff? But it was lovely that the idea that they've gone off down the road to the bridge the next bridge. I had this idea of like, do you remember you put a, do you remember putting a boat or a leaf into the river and watching it and yeah. running to the next bridge? Yes. To- yeah. 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 It was really, it was totally, we were surprised to see them and it was just really, um, I think they got the specialness of it as well, you know, and the joy. And uh, I remember my mother said, and it's in the book in that chapter, she says, you're making a powerful memory. And, uh, 
And I was, you know, I didn't realize that it would be such a powerful memory, but it was. And it was just so, it was lovely to, I remember she took a photo and she sent it to me or a day after or the day before or whatever, a couple of days later. And it was just this lovely moment in time of sheer joy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was just really um, special. I just think, I think that Ireland was a hard country for people uh you know i have my when i think about the 70s or the 80s in ireland like tough times tough you know mm. the, the the attitude towards life was you know you work hard and you know um you you, you, you like why life wasn't necessarily for enjoying like it was just for like you as, as we said earlier like you might have moments of enjoy like there might be a mm. wedding or there might be a christmas yeah. there might be whatever there might be a, a religious festival or something and that you'd have those moments or lads might go down the pub at the weekend or whatever it was but that there was no real it was a hard life you know mm. and i just think what you've done uh what you've i don't know anything about your mom and dad i don't know how you know i i know a bit from yeah. other books but say for instance i just happened upon this book and i read it but that you've brought this silliness, uh, you know, yeah. in, into their lives, into you know, you know, I, I don't know how to express myself, but your journey as a person to fall to have to fall in love with yourself and love yourself and do the things that you want to do for yourself is in turn bringing joy to other people in yeah. in, in your actions and in your acting and your and in your bringing light and it's like Jesus like that's great crack and they're getting a great they're getting great crack out of this they are yeah and, yeah and, yeah and the yeah. conversations they'll be able to have and this will go on and and other people will be having these conversations about John you know your mom and dad and what they had said about the river thing and that'll be a conversation that will happen somewhere else and it's just like yeah. can you see the the, the, the ripples know, yeah the ripples yeah. Of, yeah 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 the joy of the silliness of life totally you know and it's just like um yeah they used they just say to me what are you up to next you know and uh so my next thing i'm going to spain to research uh fishing in asturias which is in northern spain so they'll be like okay well you can tell us all about it when you come home you know so it's just kind of a madcap stuff but um generally like it's funny because i'll have an idea for something for probably a year and then I'll eventually say it to my mom or dad or my wife. And I go, what do you think of that? Is that like, is that completely mad? And, uh, and, and sometimes, sometimes it is. And they just go, no, that's, that won't work. <laughs> and then other people, and then sometimes they'll go, no, that's a good idea. I think you could get a book out of that, you know? And it's just kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, yeah, different. I mean, different people have come into my life since, um, I started writing these books and made new friends and, uh, you know, my parents have met them and stuff and people have come to my parents' house, uh, to, to, to meet them. So it's just kind of this, yeah, it's this funny little, uh, these three little books about my life have managed to touch other people's lives. And so some of them feel compelled to write some compelled to visit. Um, and I know, I remember I had friends, I have friends from Texas who, bought the book in the airport and uh, I was in New York to launch um, the American edition of the cow book. And they said, we've booked two tickets to New York to come and see you. We've never been to New York. Uh, can you, um, can you meet us? And I was like, yeah, of course, come to the launch. And then I was at the launch and it turns out that a friend was the military attache for the, the UN for the Irish government. And he invited us to have a tour of the UN. So we brought the Texans with us. So just complete um, funny uh, 
um, moments that you you just if you open the door to you can say well let's do it you know mm. so there is a silliness and it's and and a happiness and it's great yeah it is and it's it's bringing light you know Does it, you know see you've allowed yourself to stop and hear the bees and you've allowed yourself to stop and pay attention to the river and, and that's giving you these ideas of what could I do Jeez, there's a you know I'm allowing myself to to go down the river in a canoe with my friend and and it's just that that brings light. Um, yeah. So often, you know, Keith, we don't allow ourselves to do those things in life. And I know I wouldn't have years ago. And uh, it's sad, isn't it, really? You know, we, we get so defined by our jobs. We might be an engineer or something. We say, well, I, I allow myself to have a pint at the weekend. And that's kind of it. And, uh, you know, even like with running, I found that, you know, I met people for, uh, when I started running, I got really into running and would go to races and stuff. And, you know, met people from all walks of life, but that was their silliness. That was their moment. And uh, it was their masterpiece of the day. You know, they're like, I have to go for my run and make sense of everything there. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, um, and Irish people are endlessly fascinating. They want to talk to you about their passions, you know? Um, but I just think that, that we have to allow ourselves to have our passions. Mm. And I think too many people have put themselves in their own box of who they are and what they do. And that this is me and this is what I do. And this is what I do for the rest of my life. John John O'Donoghue used to talk about that. He said, so so many of us are the stories we tell about ourselves. And, uh, you know, and and he was referring to people saying, well, this happened to me and then that. And he called it woundology. And I thought that's a great word. Like we're, we're wounded by certain things in life, but then we end up letting it define us. And, you know, for me, I was someone who, yeah, suffered with mental health. And I could have let that define me and then said, well, of course, my life's like this because that, you know, this depression happened. But you can say, well, it happened and I did this rather Mm -hmm. than because of that, you know. And so I suppose in a sense, Keith, I was had to be I had to reframe my life because the way I lived before didn't work. So uh I brought in the space of yeah, passion and silliness and uh, and joy, you know. Um, and I, it, it, I think that was one thing I remember from us talking the last time about the running book and talking about Pheidippides and him talking about joy, you know, and joy in the moment. And Pheidippides was the guy who ran the first marathon, and uh, he, he he exclaimed joy and then died. But was the joy because he'd finished the run, or was the joy because? It was he. He felt so alive, or was it because the battle had been won? It was. It was all three, I think. You know. Mm. Um, so I think you know. Uh, yeah, joy is joy is a powerful but underrated feeling. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Irish people. I mean, I'm I'm generalising here, but uh, we stopped. We, you know, we stopped allowing ourselves to feel proper joy. You know, by. Um, but look, it's. And I think like something I talk a lot about is talk therapy. And that was the thing that allowed me to realize that, you know, just find the joy, do the silly things, you know, like why am I meeting some lads in Sligo tonight to walk up a hill? You know, there's no real purpose to it. There's no real reason for it, but um, I know that it's good for me and I know that I'll enjoy it. And I know that I'll enjoy the companion, you know, companionship yeah. of those, those lads and we'll have a good chat and, and I'll, I'll be the better for it, you know? Um, and I'm the better for reading this book. I could, I, I could, yeah, it's, <laughs> I could talk to you all day, unfortunately. Um, 
we probably both have things to be doing, but um, I just hope you bring another book out soon so we can we can talk again. Um, it is the stream of everything, and uh, I would highly recommend it. Uh, what's your what's your what's the book that you're you, you can't talk about it yet? Uh, I can't talk about it yet, but uh, it's not a memoir. I'm finished writing memoirs. Uh, the, so um, the yeah, I'm working on novellas and. Um, think pieces and there is a non-fiction book in there but it's it's um it's not a memoir so that part of my life is finished and uh um yeah it's actually really exciting keith because i'm kind of like off the leash now i've told the story so now it's like okay we're going to do something new and different so it's been it's been a minute and it's been a journey but uh hopefully i'll be on next time to talk to you about the next book yeah definitely i'll 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 put it in my diary now i love the book and uh it's lovely to talk to you as always and and keep keep doing silly things it's, it's great and I mean, I mean i'm saying they're silly things and i also feel i also feel bad like they're brilliant things. <laughs> no they're they're yeah but silliness joy you know it, it is what you want to call it but um mm. go out and do something that uh that surprises you yeah do something you know? silly today. do something silly you be, never know be, be a clown bit for a moment it's life's too serious you know otherwise yeah. totally. all right keith John, uh, love you talking to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's sunny. Is it sunny in Longford? It is, yeah. I'm going to go yeah. for a walk in a bit. Uh, right. All right. Take care. Enjoy it. Bye-bye. Good man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.